everybody, and welcome to the No Pants Required podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann, and today I am wearing uh, kind of like, I guess they're yoga pants. They've just never been to yoga, so I feel bad calling them yoga pants, but I'm wearing pants, so don't worry about that. But my guest for this episode today is me. It's me. And so it's kind of weird. I don't even know what to tell you. Should I tell you my bio? I'm going to tell you my bio. Jen Mann is best known for her wildly popular blog, People I Want to Punch in the Throat. She is the author of the New York Times bestseller, People I Want to Punch in the Throat. She is also the editor of the New York Times bestselling, I Just Want to Pee Alone series. And her newest book is called Midlife Bites. It will be out January 4th. She lives in Kansas with her husband and two children. Welcome to the show, me. Hey, you guys. So today... I have a special treat. Well, I don't know if it's special or not, but it's special for me. It's me. I'm just going to interview myself today. I had this idea the other day that I should just do this because it is my 10-year anniversary from going viral with the Elf on the Shelf post on my blog, People I Want to Punch in the Throat, and sort of launching this whole crazy career that I have now. And so I know a lot of you know the story, but a lot of you don't. And so I thought I'd tell you the story. So my story starts way back in 2006. And in 2006, I was pregnant with my second child, whom I call Adolpha in everything I write. And I was pregnant with Adolpha, and my husband was downsized uh, about a month before Christmas. And we were kind of stunned. We were really shocked because in those days, I was selling real estate. But my real estate business was sort of just me like winging it. You know, I was shooting from the hip. I was making mad money. I was, you know, if we wanted to go on a vacation or something, I'd sell a house or two. My husband had like the quote unquote real job. He had the benefits and he had the bonus and he had the company car and, you know, all these things. And he had the steady income. And so when he was downsized, it was a real shock to us and we weren't sure what to do. And we did not know that just around the corner was going to be the Great Recession of 2006 and so, and the housing crisis and all that thing. But he decided he thought it'd be a great idea for him to come to work with me. He's like, well, you're pregnant. You already have a small child. Like, you're going to need some help. Why not hire me? Like, instead of hiring somebody else, hire me. And so we started working together. But all I could think in the back of my mind was like, we're going to get divorced. Like, no happy couple works together. Like, that's just not something people do. And he was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And because we needed to save money, he was like, well, we'll take we'll take the kids out of daycare. They'll be home with us all day. They'll play quietly at our feet while we close million-dollar house sales. And I just thought, oh, we're totally getting divorced. But we didn't. We weathered the crisis, we weathered the housing crash, and we kept going. And then it was 2011, and we were still selling real estate together. Our children were still not in any sort of daycare situation. They would go to school, and then they would come home and be with us all day. And we were not selling million-dollar houses, but we were doing fine. But I found myself kind of slowly going crazy. I just was not a great mom. I was not a great wife. And I was not a great realtor. I just was not doing anything well at all. Like instead of doing laundry, I just kept going out and buying more underwear. And I was sort of losing my sense of, I don't know, like just who I was and what I do all day. It was just an endless to-do list of things. And I was also going crazy because I didn't have any time to myself. Because I worked from home, 
And because my husband was my only coworker, and because our children were always here, I just felt like everybody wanted something from me. And I never had any personal or private time to myself. And so like at night, we would go to bed. And my husband would be like, what did you do today? And I was like, you were there. You're always fucking there. Like you were there. You saw what I did today. And I would try to go to the grocery store. I would try to like go out and run some errands by myself. And my husband would be like, oh, it's this perfect time for family time. Let's all go together. And I was like, no. And so I was going crazy. And so one night we were in bed and my husband had asked me what I had done that day. And I explained to him that, you know, nothing that he did not witness had happened. And he said, you know, I'm kind of worried. I really feel like you're, I feel like you're really getting kind of depressed. And I was like, no shit I am. And he said, but we really can't afford therapy. Our, our health insurance sucks because we're self-employed. So he's like, I, but I have an idea for you. I think you should start a blog. And this was 2011. This was spring of 2011. And all the moms had mommy blogs. It was like the rise of the mommy blogs. And so he's like, everyone has a mommy blog. I think you should get one. And I thought, what the hell is a mommy blog? And so I went out and I did some research and I found all these, I don't know, like eternally happy bullshit blogs. I mean, it was just like, I love nothing more than dusting. You know, I think it's great to have meal plans for the next 365 days of your life. I think it's wonderful to always be sure to have, you know, a hot meal on the table when your husband walks in the door. I love nothing more than baking and doing crafts with my toddler. I mean, I was like, no, 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 no. This is not what I want to do. If this is what blogging is, I don't want to be a blogger. And So a few days later, he asked me, he's like, how is your blog going? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's terrible. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Those women are liars or they're on drugs or something. I don't know what's happening, but that's not for me. And he was like, no, don't you see? You're going to be like the anti-mom blogger. You're going to be the one who tells the truth. You're going to be the one who says, I really want to run away and join the circus but I love my family. And so I'm going to stay here, but I do want to join the circus. And he's like, and you should call it people I want to punch in the throat because you say it all the time. And so I went out the next day and I looked and people I want to punch in the throat.com was available. So I bought it and I started blogging and I just would sort of write whenever the mood struck me. If I needed to vent about something, if I wanted to tell a funny story, if I had something to share, I would write it on my blog. And my husband was right. I did feel better. It was a form of therapy for me. And so I started doing that in April. And I built up a following, a decent loyal following of about 70 people, mostly family and friends from college. And then in December of that year, (sighs) December came around. And now I've got, you know, two kids. And I want to say they're like four and six, you know, something like that. And we were in the throes of all the Christmas magic. And I'm just exhausted by it all. I just, I mean, kids are changing their ideas of what they want from Santa. You know, I've got cookies out my wazoo. I can't craft anymore. And I just don't have anything left inside of me. And we'd been given this elf on the shelf as a gift. And the elf on the shelf is this little doll And you read the book and it says, like, he just sits on a shelf. That's all he's supposed to do. Sit on the shelf, 
watch your kids, fly away at night, report to Santa, and then he flies back. And usually he's somewhere different to prove to you that he flew away in the night, right? And like, it's literally in the title. He's an elf on a shelf. And I just, even that I couldn't do. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I could not remember to move him at all. And so it was late one night, we've gone to bed, everybody's in bed. And I'm kind of going through like that to-do list in my head of everything that didn't get done today that needs to shift over to tomorrow. And then I get to the dang elf and I was like, oh, fuck. And so I elbow my husband and I was like, could you just help me out, please? Could you go and move the elf from the top shelf to the bottom shelf? Could you just do that? And my husband is a truther and he was so irritated that Santa gets all the credit for all the good stuff. And so he said, no, this is a perfect time to tell our children. Let's tell them in the morning, none of this is real, that we did it all for them. It's us. We are the ones. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, they're little kids. Like, you can't do that. And so I got out of bed and I went and I moved the damn elf because, oh my God, like, I'm not that bad of a mother. So I moved the elf. And I hadn't been blogging very long, but I've been blogging long enough to know that if you do something, you have to tell the internet you did it or else it did not happen. So it didn't matter how cold, how tired I was, I got on my phone and I updated, (laughs) I updated my status and said something like, you know, am I the only one forgetting to move this elf on the shelf? And it was like a Tuesday or Thursday night. I mean, I know it was a weeknight. And I know it was very late at night, like 11, something like that at night. And immediately, all these women started chiming in. Oh, shit, me too. Oh, crap, I got to go move mine. Oh, hang on a second. Let me go do it. And it was just boom, boom, boom. And a woman who has no children, and someday I hope to go to her baby shower and bring her a puppy, she chimed in. And she said, you just need a system, moms. And then she dropped a link to 101 ideas of things to do with your elf on the shelf. And it was things like trash your kitchen and say the elf did it. Get up in the middle of the night and switch everybody's closets. Hilarious when you're trying to get ready in the morning and you can't find your clothes. Switch everybody's lunches and say the elf did it. Have a a pillow fight. Feathers everywhere. I mean, I was like what in the world is this list? Like, what is this? And I could just feel the anger like boiling up inside of me. And I was like, no. I was like, I am a good mother. I am, my kids are happy and they are healthy. And I don't need to make a parachute out of a pair of underwear for a doll to prove it. And I just was so mad. And I sat down And I pulled out my laptop and I wrote a response to this post. And I just sort of let it all fly that I felt like the bar was too high, that it did not need to be this high. I did not need to make a literal red carpet for this damn fucking doll. I just needed to move him from one shelf to the next and I couldn't even remember to do that. So why in the world would I do anything extra for him? And so I wrote this post 
and I felt better. And I hit send and I put it out there into the world and my 70 readers read it like they always do and they all agreed with me like they always do. Back then, everybody agreed with me. <laughs> and then I went about my, 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 my life, right? And then about a week later, I was sitting in a PTO meeting and my husband texted me and he said, there's something going on with your blog. And I write back and I say, you know, well, what is it? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, you're getting all these messages. Like all these messages are coming through. And I had it set up that if you left a comment on my blog, then I would get an email with this comment. And I guess my my laptop, I left my laptop at home and I guess my laptop was just going crazy. Just ding, 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 ding with all these like notifications. And so he went and he checked and he's like, it's all, it's all responses to this elf post. And so... He he downloaded Google Analytics so he could see what was going on, and he started sending me updates. And he was like, "There's ten thousand people on your on your website." And I was like, "Shut up, there are not." And he's like, "I swear to God, there's ten thousand people on your website." And I was like, "What?" And then he's like, 12,000, 15,000, 20,000. When he got to 25,000, I was like, "Meetings adjourned, bitches! I'm going viral!" And I ran home. And so that night we sat there in a corner watching these numbers go up, 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 up. I think my kids ate cereal for dinner. I hope somebody fed them that night. I don't recall being the one to feed them. And I watched it hit 1 million reads. And when it hit 1 million reads later that night, my husband looked up from the computer and he was like, okay, so what are you going to do tomorrow? (laughs) And I was like, uh... I don't, I mean, what? Tomorrow? And I was like, well, I mean, maybe like another like million people will read it tomorrow. And he was like, no, I think this is like, this is pretty good. I think this is like, I think this is what you're going to get. And he's like, and I think you have to capitalize on this. And so he said, you know, on our first date, you told me you wanted to be a writer. Is that still true? Yes. 100%. 100%. It is true. I wanted, I, I still wanted to do that. And he's like, So I feel like this is your chance. This is your opportunity right here. Start writing, build an audience. I have no idea what we'll do with it, but let's see where it goes. And so he said, um, You know, think about what you're going to do for tomorrow. And I immediately had so much like fear and anxiety because I thought, Nobody, nobody is going to think whatever I write tomorrow, nobody's going to think it's as good as this elf on the shelf. I mean, you should see these comments. You know, people are just like, I want to be your best friend. And I think you're amazing. And I think you're so funny. And I've never laughed so hard in my life. And, and to be quite honest, like, it's a good pose, but it wasn't that great. And I was sort of like, what is, I don't understand what they want. And I said, well, I just, I'm worried that it won't be as good. I'll, it won't be as good as this. And my, as I said before, my husband's a truther and he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, you will not get a million reads on whatever you write tomorrow. No. And he's like, but you will have people who will stick around and you will have people who like you and you just have to write for them. And that's all you have to worry about is them. And so that night I quickly learned about social media. And in those days we really only had Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest had just come into existence. And so I created some social media accounts for my blog and I got 17,000 people to follow me that night. And he's like, write for those 17,000 people. Think of them. What do they want to hear? And so 
I started writing and I started writing five days a week, Monday to Friday. I would write new posts for the blog. I was still selling real estate, still raising my kids, still not doing my laundry. I would put my kids to bed at night. I would hang out my, with my husband briefly. And then I would go write the next day's blog post. And that's what we did for several, I don't know, for a long time, for a few years. And, but a year after the elf, my readers started asking me, if I would write a book. They're like, man, I would buy a book if you wrote a book. And, you know, I was I was in Kansas. I didn't know anybody who was an author. I didn't know anybody who was an agent. I didn't know anybody who was a publisher. I didn't know anything about anything. And I didn't even know how to begin to start writing a book. And again, my husband stepped in and he said, well, Amazon has started this self-publishing thing and I hear good things about it. So I tell you what, you write a book and I'll figure out how to self-publish. And so that October, we put out the first iteration of spending the holidays with people I want to punch in the throat. And if you are looking at the video right now, you'll see me holding up this book, and you can see like how skinny this book is. This book is a pamphlet because I did not know anything about writing books. I'd given myself this deadline that I had to have the book published by October because it's a Christmas book. And people start shopping for Christmas in October, so it's going to be ready by October. Whether the book was done or not, I just hit publish. And so it's a very short book. It's not edited because I didn't know yet that you were supposed to edit books. I didn't. I thought that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I was really stupid, you guys. Okay. I was really stupid. But I put that book out and 15,000 of you bought that book. And to those 15,000 people who bought that book, all I have to say to you people is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sorry because that book was kind of bad. But thank you. Because you guys bought that book, that book went to the top of the charts on Amazon. And that got the attention of New York publishers. And so then they started taking some interest in me. And so I had some interest. And that's when I came up with the idea for people on a punch and throw competitive crafters, drop-off despots, and other suburban scourges. I'd had this idea kind of floating around to write a book about sort of all the PTO bullshit and that kind of thing. But when we pitched it to Random House, I think it was Random House's idea. I can't remember now if it was another publisher. But somebody was like, would you ever sell us that self-published Christmas book? And I was like, you want the Christmas book? Because, I mean, it's not that great. And they're like, we know. <laughs> we are aware. But they're like, but we can make it better. And we think we can, we can help you make it better. And so when Random House bought Competitive Crafters, they also bought – Spending the Holidays. And look at that. It's like a full-length book now. It's like a real legit book because we added a lot more to it. We doubled its size. It was professionally edited by an editor who does that. And we put this book out too. They put that one out too. And at the same time though, I was starting to hear from like all these other writers and bloggers who were sort of like, how did you, how did you do that? Like, how did things happen for you? And I was like, man, I made a lot of mistakes and I tried a lot of dumb things and some of it worked and some of it didn't and I can help you maybe. And so I had an idea that I would write, well, not write, that I would publish an anthology. I had this idea because to be quite honest, after writing the Spending the Holidays pamphlet, I was quite wiped out. <laughs> like, ooh, writing books is hard. And so I had an idea that I could only write one chapter. And I have always looked to other genres 
of writers, like especially romance and mystery, they're always sort of kind of at the cutting edge of what everybody's doing. And in those days, a lot of the romance people were putting their books together or they, you know, and they're putting these anthologies together. And so then that way, like everybody could work together to sell the books and they'd share the profits. And I thought, that's interesting. And they were doing it really to hit the list so they could be on the New York Times bestsellers or the USA Today or whatever it was. But I just thought that's an interesting way to kind of collaborate with people. And then I don't have to write a whole book, but I would have more books for my audience because I knew I had to keep my audience sort of like fed. You know, I knew, you know, not just the blog, but like other things. I knew they needed more to read. And so I had this idea that I invited about 35 other women to join me. And I asked them to tell me one funny story about motherhood. And I said, either make me laugh or make me cry, but I prefer to laugh. But a few made me cry. And so we put them all together in the book called I Just Want to Pee Alone. And I Just Want to Pee Alone is still quite the bestseller. It always kind of trends again every Mother's Day. It's a great gift to give to your new mothers. I always say like put in like what to expect when you're expecting and then throw this book in there too. You covered all your bases. But it was just, it was a funny kind of heartwarming book. And we all worked together to sort of publicize it and to bring attention to it. And it got a lot of attention from other publications. You know, we were mentioned in a lot of publications. We were, a lot of editors started following many of us. And so it opened the doors for a lot of people. And that was what I had always said was that I had this bit of luck, but then I had to have the hard work to go through the door and do the work. And so I was like, I can maybe get you some doors. Like that's like what I can do for you. And I really do feel like I just want to pee alone did open up some doors for people. And so the doors were open, but then it was up to them to get themselves through with their talent and with their work ethic and that sort of thing. And so many of them did. And so many of them have gone on to have great careers as well. And so it's truly something that I'm like really, really proud of that we put this together. And every year since then, I have published another anthology and there's always a lot of kind of, I don't know, there's, I won't call it controversy, but I do feel like the people kind of wonder about my anthologies and how to get in them. And, and I promise you, it is not any sort of secret society. It really boils down to that I don't have a lot of time and I'm kind of, I don't know that lazy is the word, but I just, I don't have a lot of time to mess around. One year I opened it up to like sort of open call for submissions And it stressed me out so much to read through all those submissions and to really not find what I was looking for because I felt like people had not really done a good job. I had not done a good job explaining what I wanted and they had not done a good job like understanding who I am and what I do. And so since then, I always invite back everybody who's ever been in one of my books. And I think I'm up to like, I I did the math a few months ago and I think I'm up to over 90, 90 authors in these books at this point. And so everybody's always always invited back. And then I always expand the list. I ask for recommendations. Whenever I do speaking engagements, I mention these and I tell people to give me, come up and talk to me and I'll put you on my spreadsheet and I kind of keep an eye on you. And it is not about, it's not about how big your platform is. It's not, it's not about the size of the boat. It's about the motion in the ocean is what I'm looking for. I want to see that you have an engaged audience that cares about what you do because 
I'm here to tell you that 70 readers put me on the map, right? So I know that it can be done. But I want to see, of course, I'm always impressed if you have a big, robust platform that works well. We need those too. But I'm also like, I do look at smaller platforms and see like, are these people rabid for whoever it is they're following? Because the goal is to always to sell books, to introduce readers to new writers that are in these books. You know, that's why we have so many different writers and so many different styles so that people can find them and find new favorites to follow. And so I, it's not an exclusionary thing, I promise. It's just a time management thing. And so if you are somebody who you have never talked to me yet and you want to be on my list, send me an email and then I'll check you out and see what's going on there. So just so we're clear. Then, so then what am I doing now? We did all the, we did all the people I want to punch and throw books and those came out and they did really well. And I was excited and I thought that, you know, this was going to be what I was going to do. I was going to do people I want to punch in the throat and I was going to do several of those books. And Random House had a first look at the next book. They get first look. They get to have, I, don't, I think it was 30 days or something. They got to look at it before anybody else did to see if they wanted to buy it. And that book was called Working with People I Want to Punch in the Throat. And to be quite honest, Working with People I Want to Punch in the Throat was not their favorite. They looked at it and they looked at the sales that I had had on previous books, which I thought were fairly decent. I think at that point I hadn't earned out yet, but I have earned out since, but I was, you know, I was doing all right. And they came back and they said, to be honest, this is not our favorite. And we probably won't come to a deal because we probably won't offer you as much money as you want. And I was like, hmm. Probably so. And I kind of remember getting that call from my agent at the time. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Okay, what now? And I went to pick up my daughter at school. And it was weird because I'd had the book for like 30 days. And just out of the blue that day, she was like, hey, mom, did you ever hear back about your book? And I was like, well, I just heard about it today. And they think it's kind of, meh. They're not, they're not sure they want it or they don't want to give me what I want for it. And she said, well, it's a good thing you know how to self-publish, isn't it? And I thought, yeah, it is. And so I went out and I hired an editor and I went back to my old cover designer who I love, Jake. And I put out working with people I want to punch in the throat. And that book, that self-pub book is a huge success. And it ended up making me so much more money than what Random House wanted to offer me. So I was so happy that that had happened. And then we got further down the road and I was kind of trying to figure out what to do with people I want to punch in the throat. You know, I, I knew I had one more book in me and I put out traveling with people I want to punch in the throat. And I knew that they're just, I was kind of, not that I'm like out of stories, but that like the stories are not so, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just not that great anymore because I can't share as much as I used to be able to share. You know, I started out anonymously. I'm no longer anonymous. Everyone knows it's me. Everyone knows who my kids are. My kids are now 15 and 17. I can't, like, I haven't told a story about them since middle school. Like, once they started middle school, I stopped telling stories about them because those stories are not funny to them at this point in their lives. And 
I just didn't have anything more. I mean, how many more times can I, you know, how many more stories can I tell you about me and my husband? And so I was already trying to figure out what I should do next. And I wasn't sure what I should do next. And then two years ago, I turned 47 and I woke up one morning and I had like, I don't know. I know an epiphany is good, but what is it when it's bad? I had that. I had the bad side of the epiphany. I looked in the mirror and I was like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And I just felt like I didn't have any direction. I didn't have any purpose. I felt like my life was just sort of being lived, but I wasn't living my life. I didn't know what was going on with my relationship with my husband. I felt like we had reached a point where we were basically roommates who shared expenses and fought about how to raise kids. We were both very much into our own work and what we were doing, and we weren't really involved in what each other was doing anymore. My kids were teenagers, and and in all most ways, they were very good. Like, don't get me wrong, but I still kind of looked at them like, gosh, you guys are kind of jerks. And man, you know, I wish you guys were nicer. And, and then I started having these panic attacks about like, are they ready to go off into the world? Like, have I done my, have I done a good job? Like, and that was weird because I never had mommy guilt. And all of a sudden I have all this guilt and I'm like, are they ready? Can they go? Can they succeed? Can they be contributing members of society? And then it was like, and what is wrong with me? Like, when did I get this old? And why does everything hurt? And I was having some health problems and I was like, what is going on? Like, I'm like this old lady. And and I've never been one to sort of like revel in my youth or anything like that. But it just really struck me that I was like, I am halfway through my life and I really don't have much to show for it. And what am I doing? What am I even doing? And I called my husband. We had a long conversation about it. And he suggested that I go back to blogging. I had given up blogging and I hadn't really been writing much on the blog for a while. But he was like, I think it's time for you to blog about this and talk to your community about it and see what they have to say. Because I guarantee you, you are not alone. You are not the only one feeling this way. You are not the only one going through this. It's just that nobody is talking about it. And so I sat down and I wrote a very painful, very raw, very, I don't know, tear-stained blog post. And I put it out there. And when I hit send, I thought either this is going to be an amazing thing and we're all going to talk about this and we're all going to help each other, or I've just blown up my career completely. We'll see. And it ended up being an amazing thing. The response, now it was no elf on the shelf. Let me just be clear about that. But it was still very good for a blog that had not been that had not been updated in two years, probably, who that had laid dormant all that time. It was such a well-received blog post. And the emails I got were so amazing and so many were supportive and many were just sort of like, God, me too. And I thought I was the only one, which is also very helpful for, for me. I am a person who misery loves company. Like if I am unhappy, it is good to know that everybody is unhappy with me because I don't want to be the only one. At least we can get through that together. And one of the emails I got was from my editor, Pamela Cannon at Random House. And she was like, this is your next book. Like we've been trying to figure out what you're going to do. This is it. This is your next book. 
And so I started writing and I started writing this book and I think I've written Midlife Bites. I think it has gone through at least four complete rewrites (laughs) at this point because I would get it going and almost be done with it. And then I'd think, no, I have to do, no, I have to tell you more. And I'd go back and I'd redo it. And it is super personal, probably a little too personal, but it's super personal. It is super honest. It's very funny, which I wasn't sure if it was going to be funny because that was the other thing. I, you know, I, I'm writing this during lockdown, during the, the pandemic, the height of the pandemic. And I'm trying to homeschool my kids. I'm trying to save my marriage. We bought a dog, you know, all these things. And then I'm like, is this even fucking funny? Like, am I, is this funny? I don't know. And so it was a great relief to sort of send it off to people and have them be like, no, no, this is funny. Like, this is painful, but it's also very funny. And I was like, okay, good. That's what I'm shooting for. Make me laugh or make me cry. And if you can do both, even better. And so that's when I knew that I kind of had something here with Midlife Bites. And I created a Facebook group pretty much soon after I wrote the blog post. I created a Facebook group, and I think we're up to like 27,000, 28,000 women in there now. And we talk about everything in there. And it has been such a great resource for me because, you know, just whatever questions I might have, anything that I'm feeling – Like, for instance, I did not know that rage was a part of midlife. I just thought I'm always angry, but I'm super angry right now, like super angry. And, and people were like, yeah, that's, that's (laughs) welcome to midlife. (laughs) Welcome to middle age. And I was like, huh, okay, cool. So it's like things that you know that you're not alone. It's things that you know that maybe are not so unusual or so weird that you're feeling. So it has just been a great resource for me. And if you are a woman of a certain age and you are on Facebook, I encourage you to find us and find our community because it's a pretty awesome community. And so now we're at the point where we are just weeks away from Midlife Bites coming out into the world January 4th. It will be here. This is my official sort of pivot. It's self-help. And I have no idea. I have no idea what I think I know what it's going to do. I think I know. And I think I, I think I know what I'm going to do. And I think I know what the future holds, but I, I don't know for sure. Obviously nobody does, but I am definitely, one of the things I learned writing this was that you have to be more grateful for the things that you do have, which I had really gotten away from that. So I'm really working on gratitude. So I am so thankful that I have this career, that I have this job, that I have this life, that that so many of you have supported me through everything that I've tried. And so many of you have joined me during the journey and stuck around. And some of you have been here since, some of you are the original 70, the unicorns, as I like to call them. And some of you came with the elf. And then some of you have just come, you know, over the years. But however you found me and however you're, for whatever reason why you're still here, I am eternally grateful that you are because this is the job that I've wanted since I was five years old. And I have no idea where I'm going next. 
and I have no idea what's going to happen next, but I'm excited to go on the ride and I'm glad you're going with me because that's the other thing that I learned writing Midlife Bites is that I have to live in the present more than in, I had been really living in the future. And when you live in the future, there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with that. And I am not a productive person when I have fear and anxiety surrounding me. And so I have really tried to live more in the present and take things one day at a time, control what I can control. You know, I was pretty good at this with writing. You know, people used to talk a lot about how they would compare themselves to other, you know, people in their genre and stuff. And I was like, I just do what I do. I put on my blinders. I stay in my lane. I know what I'm good at. I do what I do. And I think that's what I'm going to keep doing. Like I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to keep doing what I do. I speak to the people who I need to speak to. I hear I who need to hear what I have to say. You know, like I want to reach those people. I am not everybody's cup of tea and I am okay with that. And I don't want to be everybody's cup of tea. But if I am your cup of tea, then that is fan-fucking-tastic. And that's who I'm looking for. And that's who I want to reach out to. And that's who I want to talk to. So I hope that you all continue to come with me on this ride. I hope that you all get a copy of Midlife Bites. I hope that you come to Vegas. Speaking of trying new things and seeing what's going to happen, who knows? I'd gone on this whole kick where I was traveling around the country pre-COVID and I was meeting people in bars and restaurants and libraries and living rooms and, you know, anywhere that anybody would host me. And I had a great time and I loved doing that. And I would do it again if I didn't think we were all going to get sick and die. But I loved doing that. But I had this idea that this year, this time for Midlife Bites, we should have a destination party. Because Midlife Bites, because of the group on Facebook, because we have become so close together and we have a lot of people have made friends in there and they're all over the country, all over the world, really. I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had like one party and everybody come to it? And so at first I thought about like Orlando, like Disney or something, but I was like, mm, that's too family friendly. Like everybody will bring their kids, you know? And I was like, no, we should go to Vegas. So we are doing a destination book signing birth slash birthday party because I'll turn 50 this year. We're going to do a party in Las Vegas on January 15th. There are tickets on my website, genmanwrites.com. And I would love to see all of you there. I hope you all come. It's going to be an amazing time. We're going to have champagne and cake because, again, it's my birthday. So why not? And we are going to stay up till at least 930 and then maybe put on jammies. I don't know. But we will have so much fun. And I really hope that you come. I hope that you kind of stretch out of your comfort zone and find some new friends and try some new things and come and join us. So that's... That is my story. And I'm so glad that you're here. So glad you made it this far. And I look forward to what's coming next year. Thank you. Thanks for listening and subscribing to No Pants Required with Jen Mann. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? will be out in January but it's available for pre-order everywhere books are sold.